0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Got lots to talk about today. Um, lots going on in the markets. How about for one, the S&P 500 is close to a record? It would be kind of nice if the NASDAQ hits record and the S&P 500 hits record. And one day, maybe not today, maybe one day soon, maybe one day in the near future, someone like the Dow Jones Industrial Average hits record because it kind of starts to spread the wealth. We're starting to get mixed markets. Yesterday, the NASDAQ was down. It would have been down more, but Apple was up fairly large for a – $1.9 trillion company. So here's our stories of the day. The S&P 500 is pursuing a record. Dow is adding 300 points amidst a vaccine for COVID. You heard me right. A vaccine for COVID has been found. But here's the rub. It's Russian. And we don't trust a lot of what Russia says because we all know that they are propaganda. Propaganda. The premier, the leader, the president, the dictator, um, he's everything. Vladimir Putin said, even my daughter has taken the vaccine. everything. Good. That's that's very uh, Ro- uh, Ivan Drago of you. <clears throat> I'm not going to poo poo it if they want to rush a vaccine through. Uh, science is saying that's not a good idea, but maybe it, maybe that's what we need right now to get this over with in 2019 versus 2020 2021 2022 2023 2024 we don't know when 2019 is going to end as a virus um but there's a lot of good stories out there so let's not focus on just that i'll come back to that because that's that's when you hear russian vaccine for covid19 you're like interesting now let's wait and see uh americans spent on oh and they named it sputnik which tells me propaganda Americans spent more on home improvement. We continue to funnel our COVID-19 frustrations into Lowe's, into Sherwin-Williams, into Home Depot, um, into Angie's lists, um, getting our home improved, getting contractors, getting um, outdoor furniture. Average homeowner spent $17,140 on improvements during the pandemic. You did not hear me wrong. The average homeowner spent $17,140 on home improvements. The staycationing thing is good for business of contractors. It's good for business of roofers. It's good for business of gardeners and anyone who sells equipment into those industries. I find that very interesting. Big gainers today by American Airlines and Norwegian Cruise Line. They've outperformed in recent sessions and they appear to offer more value. Which is, again, kind of that if the S&P 500 can hit all-time highs, the NASDAQ is starting to slog off. Maybe there's sector rotation that is the mother of all sector rotations going on. And you tend to sector rotate into areas that haven't hit new highs. You tend to go into areas that that may have some value in them. I sold a big chunk of stock in the last month, and I'm looking to where am I going to put it. So I'm going to rotate it somewhere is the idea. Wall Street works a little faster than Grandpa Rob. For the record, I'm not a grandfather. <laughs> that I know of. Oh. The producer price index for final demand increased six-tenths of a percent in July. That's not something to get really excited about. We're talking about inflation. If you exclude food and energy costs to the producers, the index for final demand rose one-half of 1%. Key takeaway there is the report is that inflation pressures uh, on the producer level have increased a little bit. And if you are a gold bug, you go, did you say inflation? And you start getting super excited by that. The TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, which was made up and created shortly after 9-11, said it screened more than 800,000 people at U.S. airports on Sunday for the first time since March 17th. So 831,000. Uh, airlines carried 16.3 million passengers in June. That's an 80% decline over the same month last year, a non-COVID month, if you will. But it's also twice as much as May. So we're getting back, or are we? COVID-19 cases amongst U.S. children jumped 40% in late July. Still a very small number of of deaths but 8.8 percent of all cases as we do more testing keep in mind bill gates calls our testing flawed and i think he uses a word like garbage but a 40 percent jump and you're starting to see schools open back up and there's a young girl in georgia took a picture of her high school in the crowded halls and one week later seven to nine people had covid so I don't see us – I see this as still very problematic. Yesterday you had a football conference, a major football conference, cancel the football season. So companies like DraftKings, which is kind of like a play on COVID, in two ways. We're staying at home. We want live sports. And I guess people would bet on them. And the second one would be something along the lines of more tax revenue for states down the road. But when college football is on the brink of getting canceled, and I don't have a feeling on it, do you? I want what's best for people. (laughs) I sound like a president there. Um, Even bad people. But um, so COVID cases jumping, and 8.8% of all cases are now what are referred to as children. Children. A judge granted a preliminary injunction against uh, requiring Uber and Lyft to stop classifying drivers as contractors. This could; sh- Those stocks could get very dramatically changed as far as their business models. Um, when you don't have to pay someone Social Security, when you don't have to pay taxes on them, that's not good. When you have to st- not only start doing that, it's a, a bigger cost of business. We want to see when these guys are going to get profitable, Society wants to see when they're going to do the right thing and classify drivers as employees. They classify drivers as employees. There's going to be a lot of changes. It's no longer going to be when you work when you want to work. It's going to be you work when they see demand. So maybe in a strange, weird way, that would um, be positive for them. But Lyft has higher exposure to California, and this is a California case. So Lyft is probably a little bit more of a weaker uh, play seen in Wall Street's eyes. Outlook for Lyft remains poor ahead of the results, which they're going to report tomorrow. Yes. Yes, it's tomorrow. Um, But very cyclical recovery play now complicated even more by a secular court ruling. So that's out there. And to say it's unfavorable, it's not wiping these companies out, but it would change my ideas on the company. If they're again, I I think contractors should go for everything they can get as an investor. uh, You know, ride sharing revenues falling sharply. And then if their costs are going to go up, I don't see a path to profitability for a foreseeable future. So or less so. So mobility sales dwarf delivery by four to one. But in the second quarter, delivery was more than 50 percent larger than mobility. So a year ago. Getting a Lyft or an Uber obviously was crushing the deliveries of food, but now it's reversed. It's flipped. It's kind of fun the way Wall Street works. No. Um, scars are inflicted in travel. We have to talk about this is there's people having doom and gloom conversations about the future of travel. I think it's a little bit young or a little bit early for that. But I think you should acknowledge it, especially if you're going to be an investor, is the, the ecology. Of the rainforest, shall you say, is changing. Know your surroundings. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at New Focus Financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I don't get a chance to say this often enough, but thanks for listening to the show. I do wildly appreciate it. Um, It's not lost on me that we're talking through the stock markets and getting to retirement. You're helping me an enormous amount the fact that I have to do this every day is part of it I've been doing this every day for 25 years essentially sometimes I was doing 5 hours a day I must be a little crazy because I kind of still like it to be honest with you 800-516-1220 to get your calls anything that you want to talk about we can talk about money thanks for listening to the show let's move on move forward shall we um, every now and then I'll get a little bit trivial, but I'm always trying to handpick things that are important for investing. So um, I was looking at a research study on traveling and when will the scars of traveling abate? And I've been saying for months now, like, I can't wait to go to Hawaii or Mexico again. And I've, I've actually kind of stopped talking about it because psychologically it's it's be, there's something called behavioral finance, but there's also obviously behavioral spending. And you know you have a problem when you yearn too much for something. Um, Prior to the pandemic, the wealthy never traveled as well as they have. I mean, it was amazing. With the economy on solid ground and financial assets soaring to new highs, the industry known as the travel and leisure industry boomed. So one in 10 workers worldwide or 330 million in all owed their jobs to travel and tourism prior to the pandemic one in 10 workers worldwide, 330 million people basically worked in an industry that somehow was tied towards travel or tourism. In the previous five years to the pandemic, one in five, one in every five jobs created was tied for travel and leisure. Our economy was a travel and leisure economy. This is damaging on that level enormously. Um, If you look at it on like Technology, not so much. The massive engine of growth—it's been thrown in reverse for the travel industry, the leisure industry. Um, I am interested, uh, maybe not. I when will I do it again? again so, in the psychology, starting to get there. The scars inflicted. Um, unlike September 11, a lot of people, companies are shifting away from travel budgets. They don't—they they don't get it anymore. And then now it's, it's impossible for you to justify that you deserve to fly as much as you did or you needed to fly as much as you did. That part of the travel industry will never come back to full capacity of speculative. Zoom is around for a foreseeable future. Travel budgets will become a lot more questionable. Now, will the leisure part of me going to Hawaii or Mexico come back? Yes. For sure. Will it be as strong? No. But the business travel is what I'm talking about here. It's going to inflict the deepest economic pain for the longest amount of time. The $489 billion commercial mortgage-backed securities market um, is struggling. That the lodging sector accounts for money to build and maintain properties. So full-service properties aren't cheap to run. So we're starting to see some of those debts kind of collapse so i throw that out there in large part just to remind you when you go oh i see airline travels back it's 80 percent below where it was last year but it's up on a month-to-month basis attractively you're like i'm gonna buy an airplane company i'm gonna go buy um something tied towards hotel and leisure maybe a, a REIT tied towards uh hotel properties maybe something like a hilton there's many things that you can buy out there as an investor. <clears throat> I just caution you because the hotels may need to get into a renting out office, a hotel space for businesses versus uh, for business travelers. Like, keep it more local. I don't know. But I don't see it right now. Fascinating what happened yesterday. And this is a, just it tells you what's happening to the markets. And I, I'm getting young people telling me about how smart they are right now with investing it's actually become quite a hobby during the pandemic to go to Robinhood and get on an app and start trading stocks. It's become a thing. I think that's funny because I've said a couple times on air, it's, it, I saw one of those, I'll watch a horse race. I'd never, ever, never, ever, never betted on horse races in all my life. And then maybe three years ago, I bet on the Kentucky Derby. And it was fun. Um, which led to, which led to during the pandemic. There's apps out there. And you can watch takes 10 minutes to watch a horse race maybe and then you find another one somewhere out there and uh, it can kill an afternoon, which is nice. But that was my bad pandemic hobby. And it is what it is, right? To quote the president of the United States, millennials pandemic hobby appears to be a little bit more interesting than losing 50 cents on a trifecta. Robin Hood, the app saw 4.3 million daily average revenue trades in June. 4.3 million trades a day. 4.3 in revenue. And that beats some big boys. Um, It takes down... TD Ameritrade had a monthly total of about 3.8 million, what are called darts, Charles Schwab and E-Trade had about 1.8 million and 1.1 million. So Robin Hood doubled them. You can combine them and Robinhood doubled them. So there brings up the question of are some of these young kids who have never seen a market cycle. They've seen the beginning of one. They've never seen the end of one. Are some of these younger people who have not seen a business cycle. Are they getting a little bit too cocky and a little bit too arrogant. And will Wall Street do what it's famous for doing. Humiliate people. The moment you get cocky, the moment you get arrogant, the moment you think you have a system better than the system, you can't beat the system because the system is the system. The best thing most people can do is buy the S&P 500. It goes up seven out of ten years. You don't have to guess when to get in. You don't have to guess when to get out. You don't have to guess about the CEOs because it's it's 500. But with that being said, um, will the market humiliate these people or are they smarter than the market? Are they going like, hey – I like Apple. Let's push Apple up to two and a half trillion. Whereas in the days past, the people who were deciding if Apple goes up or down, some of them had never even owned a mobile phone. And that's all millennials have had in their hands since the, the bottle. Speaking of Apple, Tim Cook has become a billionaire of a company. Well, no, no. He's probably the first billionaire that I could think of where he wasn't the founder of the company. That's how well Apple's done under his tenure versus the tenure of Bill Gates. Uh, Not Bill Gates, but Steve Jobs. Steve was great. He was lovely. He was wonderful. But he was lucky that he owned a dominant amount of shares. Uh, Tim Cook owns a dominant amount of shares. He's been gifted them as a CEO as part of his salary. But he's worth over a billion dollars. That's kind of cool. I got some more Apple news for you. Um, A good friend of mine is a writer for Barron's. Eric Savitz, and he wrote a nice piece on does Apple deserve to be a $2 trillion stock. I'll give you some insight into that and much, much more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And also, big story on SpaceX coming up. You don't want to miss that one. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I pledge if you listen, I'll try to educate you and I won't try to push my personal issues on you too much. Um, I won't tell you how to take care of your body. I'll tell you how to get to retirement so you can live from 60 to 100 on money you got to figure out how to get your body that, to live to 100. I can't do that for you. So the big tech is taking a big break today. Let me give you an example. Tesla, which has been strangely quiet for three weeks, down 1.1%. NVIDIA, down 1.2%. Amazon, down 1.1%. Microsoft, down 1.4%. Apple, down 1.2%. Pretty consistent, right? Um, but value in cyclical stocks are outperforming, so there's something that's working. There's a phrase out there on Wall Street that eh, I mostly agree with, but it sounds stupid to say that you agree with it. There's a bull market somewhere. Um, there's always a bull market somewhere. And if something's going up, something must be going down. If something's going down, something must be going up. That's the basic thought on it. I think it's a bit silly, but it is, I'm okay with it. Nasdaq's down 7 tenths of 1%. The Dow's up 1.1%. The S&P 500, who I'm fascinated by, but they're getting punished a little bit today because of the big drops in the big five of technology. But the S&P 500 still, they're, it's doing its best, but it shows you the flaws of market-based weighted index. Uh, weighted index is tied towards market cap. Not the best thing for you. So Nasdaq in the red, the Dow, the S P 500, and the Russell, which is the small caps America, in the green. If I had to buy anything today for one year, it would probably be out of the four of those, the Russell two thousand. Now again, I don't have to. Gold's down eighty bucks today, back under two thousand dollars. Now it's nineteen fifty nine. Two thousand is a psychological number; it doesn't mean a lot to me because I'm crazy. Um, but a lot of people want it above or below, and that's where the fight is right now. Silver down 7 percent, gold down 4 percent. Again, the NASDAQ down 1 percent, giving you a a thought that some risk plays. The golds, the safe havens are coming down. Now, why are the gold safe havens coming down today? It's a good question you ask, my my people. Um, is it because Russia claims to have a cure for the vaccine? Isn't it horrible that I'm so um, – I don't want to use the word racist. I don't want to use the word nationalist. I want to use the word ageist. I, d- I don't know what-ist I am, but I immediately speculate <laughs> that Russia doesn't really have it. Um, Only because I grew up in you know the world of Rocky III where Carl Drago was taking steroids and Rocky Balboa wasn't. I look at Russia forever and imprinted on my brain as cheaters. I know you're saying you're kidding, right? I'm exaggerating a bit, yes. Um, anyway, stimulus talks, that's probably something we should talk about for just a skosh of a second. They appear to be breaking down. And we learned yesterday that Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump haven't talked to each other in 10 months ever since the. Remember the good old days when we were talking about impeachment? Uh, they haven't talked. It's weird because they're the two most powerful politicians in America. I think. I can. Don't quote me on that because you'll go, you'll slather spit all over me as you get nerd out on politics for me. So, value and sickle stocks doing well. Reopening optimism, positive momentum out there. Energy, financials, and industrials are doing nicely. I like energy as a play on, let's get back to work. Let's fire up the factories and make things. Um, Let's drive up and down highways. Um, All those things that are working today are things that say economic expansion, which I'm for. I'm not a Democrat, liberal Uh, populist theory that like we should all we we should hurt the Republicans by not going back to work ever there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there I want the economy to work Um, I want us to get back to somewhat a different economy I don't think we're going to get back to the same economy so and I'm excited by seeing it and I think there's going to be a lot of positives that will beat up the negatives Um, generally speaking like I said corporations have found that we don't need business travel that's great I don't mind that. I could live without that. I'm past that point. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Trump uh, Trump urges Americans to stop politicizing the coronavirus and he blames China, which I think is, in the very phrase itself, the definition of politicizing the coronavirus. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm getting at there is that there's going to be some negativity Big time negativity between U.S. and China for the foreseeable future. So uh, there's even talks about who do the who do the Chinese want in, and it's pretty clear they don't want Trump because they're not negotiating with him. I don't know if that means anything, to you. S&P 500 is trying to overcome the weakness in technology today. Today, that's the fight. Um, there is a publicly traded company that's pretty fascinating to think about. Um, You know how the ramifications of COVID, some of them, they strike you and you go, I didn't think about that. I didn't see that getting hit. How about the company that does wireless internet on planes? So if you're going to Hawaii and you have an iPad, but you forgot that, oh, it doesn't have cell service that reaches a couple miles in the sky. What am I going to do? I guess it's a mile. It's going to not a couple miles in the sky. That is something we're going to talk about in just a second, though. Because there is an internet company that's going a couple miles in the sky, but GoGo is a publicly traded company and they're under five dollars. A lot of people like stocks under five dollars. Um, they're considering the selling their commercial in-flight internet unit, and it seems to like, yeah, that's not going to be working for a little while. Cisco, the big food distributor in the world, is seeing its stock price embark on a bit of a, a diet today, a little bit lower. I like Cisco. This is Cisco with an S, S Y Y. I don't like Cisco right now. Because they deliver food to universities, they deliver food to restaurants, they deliver food to um, – they distribute food. It's the best way of saying it. And restaurants, we're not eating out as much. So Cisco has been reeling since the pandemic started as a supplier, is the right word, a supplier to restaurants. Um, restaurants have faced mass closures, right? Cisco's business is squarely in the crosshairs of where the pandemic has been you know, wreaking havoc. So they're an interesting one to watch. They had a large revenue miss, but they did say that we're getting restaurants to change their behavior and Americans are changing their behavior and how they eat out. And some restaurants are doing kits and Cisco is helping them do the kits. Cisco with an S. Let me keep saying it. S-Y-Y. Take a look at it. It might be a stock that you go, ah, that makes sense in the long term, but I don't like it right now. And now you understand the risk that they didn't have ever before. They didn't ever have to shut down due to the pandemic. So SpaceX is manufacturing 120 Starlink Internet satellites per month. You know, I talked about GoGo getting out of the the business of Internet on planes. SpaceX, company of Elon Musk's, and oddly enough, Amazon has the same idea of let's get some low-flying satellites up there that can give Internet service All the way around the world. Fast internet service all the way around the world. And it's it's fun to watch because go with me here. There was a company that did satellite phones back in the early 2000s. Maybe late 90s is when it started. But SpaceX is manufacturing Starlink satellites at an unprecedented rate. So Elon Musk's company told the FCC in a presentation last month because they're trying to get communication approval to sell phone service or something, right? That they're building 120 satellites a month. Investing over $70 million developing and producing thousands of consumer user terminals per month. They've invested hundreds of millions in their presentation. Their presentation leaked online, and it's pretty cool because it's got rockets all over it. And I'm a boy, and I like space rockets. But what is Starlink? What are Starlink Internet satellites? Let me tell you what Starlink Internet satellites are. They're SpaceX's ambitious plan to build an interconnected network of about 12,000 satellites. And they're building how many a month? 12,000 now nope, 120 so 120 they want to get to 12,000 okay so you could start doing the math here right The company has so far launched nearly 600 of them and they're currently building a system of ground stations and user terminals to connect consumers directly to its network. So contextualizing this is not easy. Um, the complexity of spacecraft and building for per order of manufacturing, um, Iridium was the first satellite phone company that I could think of that tried to sell a commercial product. <clears throat> and it was pretty cool because this is when cell phones were just starting, the late 90s. And if you go back and watch an X-Files episode from the late 90s, you'll see David Duchovny has a, a cell phone the size of a shoebox. And I got a Iridium phone. They, they gave it to me because I was in media and I talked about stocks and I was the perfect guy to test it. Young guy traveling around the planet. I was able to take it to beaches and use it. I was able to take it to Costa Rica and use it. I was able to use it anywhere I wanted to. It was an awesome experience. The problem is it was unprofitable for too long of a period of time. The satellites were big and bulky. Iridium's satellites were three times the mass of a Starlink satellite, much heavier. Um, So Starlink's doing something a little different. And SpaceX is building its spacecraft 20 times as fast. So it's going to be interesting to see in two or three years, are we talking about Amazon offering a 24-7, 365? Are we talking about Elon Musk offering a 24-7, 365? Worldwide planetary experience of information, super internet, highway prices. What would that do to Verizon and AT&T? What would it do to a company like Cisco who sells a lot of equipment to a Verizon and AT&T? It, it starts – you see where – I'm I'm not panicked. But you can kind of see, like, okay, we need to think about this before we put our whole retirement savings in one stock. LA rent is falling. Nice. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I like the name of the show, Rob Black and Your Money, in a funny way. When I got into the industry 25 years ago, the first show that I named was called 2020 Insight. I wanted to show you that I was smart on tech stocks. I had Insight, and it was cute because it was 2020. But then as the internet started to evolve, and that was not one of the first internet sites for sure, but it was early on. That's when optometrists started contacting me, and they're like, can we buy your name from you? I'm like, no. Interestingly, my website, robblack.com, is also robblackshow.com. And I share the same simple name. My true name is Robert, and my friends call me Robert. So I know who likes me from radio, and I know who likes me in my real life. It's strange that I set that up that way, in unintentionally. Um, but there's a guy named Rob Black who is a porn producer, and he's not a nice man. And people send me emails because they, I don't guess they don't think about it. Um, and when I say he's not a nice man, I have no problem with nudity in the world. But his business gets kind of dark pretty fast in that world, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, to be confused with that is not the greatest thing in the world. It would, I would almost rather have a name like Jeff Dahmer. Isn't he the guy who ate people? Yes. Branding is kind of important in my industry. So LA rent is falling, and I talked a little bit about that as we went to break. Talked about how SpaceX with Elon Musk is getting these teeny tiny satellites up there. Um, what's their ultimate purpose? Do we think of Elon Musk as a telecommunications guy, or is he getting, somehow going to use the satellites to control computers, control cars, to control the world? <laughs> we don't know. But as I ended that thought, I started another thought that I didn't get into: is LA rent? Now, rents are kind of tricky to say that they're falling because it depends on when you signed up, when your lease expires, and how hard your business is being hit on a lot of levels. In downtown L.A., rent for a 566-square-foot one-bedroom at the luxury apartments in downtown L.A. would set you back about $2,300 at the end of January. Now that number is down to $1,770. So a teeny tiny 566 square foot one bedroom has dropped egregiously in price. Um, The pain is landing at the top right now. The places that are going to have the best attractability, uh, attractiveness, what is the word, uh, draw things with pool sites, club rooms, dog runs, <laughs> um, because a lot of shared spaces are closed. So it, it, rent data has limitations because unlike home prices, the price a tenant pays is not a public record. So it's not as easy to put a pulse on this unless you're calling a place and saying, Hey, I see that you got a rent sign up. Far more new apartments have been built in recent years on the high end, despite greater demand for lower cost homes, which is a mismount, which is very pronounced in this environment. So how do you feel about rents coming down in L.A.? We've seen rents come down in New York. We've seen um, a lot of 16 major streets that retail is done on in New York City. You're starting to see a lot of bankruptcies and a lot of rents are starting to come down and being renegotiated. How do you feel about your home price after I've just basically tore down the argument that it's impervious to? You know, a lot of people believe in their home more so than they believe in the stock market. I like them both. I don't look at something that I owe a bank, you know, $600,000 on as I own. I think the bank owns it. I think as I slowly pay myself off or I slowly pay the bank off and make it mine, Um, It becomes an asset, but it's not early on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Taking a look at the markets today, I think the story is market rotation is very, very real out there. Um, Russia may have a vaccine or may not have a vaccine. I say that only because it's Russia, Um, only because they want to look strong in the world. But Russia registers a coronavirus vaccine. Markets are a little bit stoked about that. You're seeing a lot of cities go to the muni market for bonds right now. Um, I'm not against this, but I'm not a bond guy. The only bonds I would consider right now for me would be if I'm trying to stash away some cash and get some income that's tax free. That's what I would be looking for. And I would again a municipal bond is it's, it is what it is. It's like a city, it could be a state. and if you buy it in the city or state that you live in you don't pay taxes on it, income taxes. So it can be kind of attractive, but unfortunately it works like Wall Street works. If you want a, a higher yield, you're going to be buying municipal bonds in Stockton. If you want a more com, less competitive yield, but a company a, a city that's not going to go bankrupt on you, Palo Alto. But the municipal bond market right now is starting to raise a lot of money because they're starting to need the money to continue to fight COVID and the lack of retail taxes and sales taxes that are coming in. Um, So that's out there. Small caps are playing a little bit of catch up right now on Wall Street. The Russell 2000 surged 6% last week. Um, But it has a long way to go compared to where the NASDAQ went. Now, the Russell 2000 is small cap stocks typically in America. That's the idea, that they don't have exposure to Europe. They don't have exposure to global risk, global pandemic risk, travel risks. So this year, the big winners have been on the NASDAQ alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft. And they've got a combined valuation three times the market cap of the entire Russell 2000 index. But recently, we've started seeing a little bit of sector rotation. And I'm going to tell you, it's the mother of all sector rotations right now. We're finding reasons to stay in the market, and we're selling the winners to buy the losers because we want to be in the market just in case. Or because we're convinced the economy is going to come back. Or because we want to own capitalism in good times and bad. I don't know. But the Russell 2000 is starting to get some performance going. You may want to look at the Russell 1000 Consultant Worker Advisor for taking action on any stocks or ideas ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.